You're listening to Market Scale Healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I'm having a conversation with the president and CEO of TPC, Mr. Jeff Brenner. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's just start off. I, I love acronyms, they're really short and concise, but can you explain to me what TPC actually stands for? And while you're doing that, tell me how you wound up there. Yeah, let me start with the acronym. Um, today it stands for nothing, but it was chosen originally to stand for Texas Purchasing Coalition, which is the roots of the company dating back to 2007. And it was a group of hospitals in Texas that formed TPC. Um, over time, as we grew and expanded beyond Texas, uh, obviously, you know, that made less sense to keep calling it the Texas Purchasing Coalition with uh, hospitals in Arkansas and Missouri and certainly targeting other potential new members outside of Texas. So we ended up dropping it and it just goes by the acronym TPC now. Um, how I ended up here is complete happenstance. It, it wasn't uh, any kind of a, uh, you know, career engineered move, but um, as I understand it, that's how uh, most careers go. Uh, it was a long and windy road for me to land here. I started off uh, in healthcare, working for a device manufacturer, uh, went to go work for uh, an analytics company, still in healthcare, looking at devices, and then um, eventually wound up working for one of the national GPOs. And from there, got recruited to the parent company of TPC. So you can see this is kind of a windy road. Um, but the motivation to come to the parent and ultimately to TPC was to get as close as I could to where the real action occurs. And that's working very close with the individual hospitals, with their leadership teams, and having an opportunity to put into practice what um, I had seen more theoretical uh, previously in my career. You know, you talk about how the road was kind of windy. I want to go back even farther. At one point, were you considering going to medical school? Yeah, right out of college, that's what I wanted to do. And um, uh, as I look back on it now, a couple interesting takeaways. One, I'm glad I didn't do it. I think um, I think that uh, to be a physician in today's healthcare environment and then going into the future is going to be increasingly challenged. I think it's um, I just think it's a much harder path than it than it looked to me uh, when I was an undergrad in college. So. Uh, it's it's fortunate for me in hindsight that I didn't go down that path. And then uh, just as as things turns out, um, you know, I only applied to one school. Uh, I I didn't get into that school, and I took that as a sign that you know this really isn't something for you uh, or for me. And you know, it's kind of interesting. I look back on it now at this stage of my life, and I also can see I didn't really want it that bad. I mean, if you apply only to one school. And you don't get in on your first pass. I have several friends who are physicians now who are my age, and they got the same letter, uh, same rejection letter as I got, but they applied again the next year and then the next year, and they kept doing things to get in. So it was a signal I didn't want it as much as they did, but um, I have certainly no regrets. I, I landed uh, at a place in the industry that I enjoy and I'm passionate about, and, and they did too. So I think it worked out for us all. You know, Jeff, it's kind of interesting, and as I reflect back on my own college days, I actually got rejection letters from colleges I didn't even apply to, so I don't know what that says about me, but 
Um, let's talk about this industry because it is in a constant state of evolution and improvement and moving and backtracking and advancement. Your days must be just incredibly hectic, but being in this just such a I don't even it's overwhelming to even come up with a with a good question because there are so many there is uh, regulation and government regulations and costs and pressures on operating efficiency and long-term viability and how I, I, okay tell me about just a normal day for you right, let's start there mm-hmm. well let me let me acknowledge what you just said I think I think today's uh, environment is is much more complicated than than in the past. Uh, I, I work a lot with hospital CEOs, and it's pretty common to hear them say, especially those that have you know two three decades as a hospital CEO, that much of what they've learned over the last two and three decades has really not prepared them for what they're facing today. I mean, it's been that big of a shift and that big of a change. So yeah, it is overwhelming. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, in an average day for me, uh, it's a small company. TPC is not, uh, you know, a, a massive enterprise. It's a relatively small and focused company that plays an important part uh, with independent healthcare providers, primarily in the South. Um, but, you know, the, the average day can look very different depending on what's going on. Uh, as a small company, as you probably know, you got to wear a lot of different hats. So, you know, I can go from a phone call with a hospital CEO talking about strategy or a particular issue we're trying to tackle together. Then the next minute, go sit down with a marketing department and helping to critique something we're going to put on the website. The next meeting might be, uh, you know, an HR issue or an HR concern. So it really bounces around uh, and changes radically each day. The, the, The one part that's pretty consistent is the part that we're trying to solve to the complicated problem. I mean, you're right to point out government regulation. You're right to point out changing revenue streams, revenue models, uh, moving from a world for these hospitals of uh, pay for volume to now pay for performance or pay for health. I mean, all these things are real and true. And you hear about population health management and taking risk. All that's true, and it's overwhelming. The part that we play and we focus on is all healthcare providers have a fiduciary responsibility uh, to take what they can see clearly right now, which is their operating costs, and try and bring those as much in line as possible. And uh, while those other things going in the industry are true and real, you know, there are some first things first and some things that are very clear, optimizing operating costs, getting supply costs under control. Uh, working together as if we're a single system to drive the economies of scale that the hospitals need. So that that brings this complicated world and sometimes makes it very simple. The job at hand for us uh, sits right in front of us and we go after it, knowing that aside from everything else these hospitals are going to need, they'll certainly need that. I want to I touch on something that you mentioned there, and that is the concept of having all of these independent sort of hospitals and getting them to work together it, it it's you know it's really weird you have different levels of of trauma uh, uh capabilities at certain hospitals so one hospital might be the only one in the area suited to a certain type of 
uh, health emergency, whereas you might have a bunch of other surrounding hospitals that all kind of balance out the traffic, so to speak, to, to kind of perform a, a uniform sort of healthcare provision. Talk to me a little bit about getting these hospitals to change their mindsets to more of a, a system concept. That really interests me. Yeah, well, it's, it's driven largely by necessity. Um, the hospital market that we serve are exclusively independent, uh, non-metropolitan healthcare organizations that um, play a critical role in their local communities, but their boards, their management teams, they've decided, uh, you know, in contrast to what you're seeing largely occur in the industry, uh, they don't want to consolidate. They want to stay independent and they feel like that's the best way to serve their communities is to retain that sovereignty and make um, absolute decisions about where investments are made or not made in order to serve that local community. Um, once you've made that commitment, though, you still need all the other business efficiencies that are driving everybody else to consolidate. I mean, there's a reason why you see such massive hospital consolidation. The insurance companies are consolidating. The manufacturers, the device manufacturers are, ma are uh, consolidating. You're seeing it everywhere. So even though they've made that decision, we're going to stand alone. They have to find some way to stand together because they need the efficiencies and the scale. And they also need the shared learnings that occur when organizations consolidate. So that's the function you know, that TPC plays is um, starting at the CEO level, engaging the most senior leaders of each of these organizations in a way that um, gives them the infrastructure and gives them uh, the pathway to think as if they were one system. And, you know, to your point earlier about different trauma levels, you know, there's there's clear differences, but they have so much in common, especially once they've made that decision to remain independent. And, um, you know, really the way that works is they begin to work and think together. If we were one system, what are the things that we would tackle? What are the things we would go after? Well, even if they were one formal idea and one big system, they would still have varying degrees of trauma coverage. I mean, that's very normal. Okay, so let's move on to something that we can do together that we do have in common. And, you know, we focus on a lot of operating costs, uh, you know, the system efficiencies, the system scales, but there's also a lot of best practice identification that occurs, uh, revenue cycle, looking at different metrics. You have massive variation across all the different hospitals in terms of how they're uh, operating from a revenue cycle perspective, you can start to track that, measure that, identify from the ones who are better performing, why are they performing better, and then you backtrack that into the process to identify what is that best practice or best practices that the others can then adopt, and then we track that, report that over time. So we really do what a system would do, but it's very focused, and it never seeks to come in and, and take away their sovereignty, just allows them to point uh, the crosshairs on where they think the system efficiencies need to occur, and that's the role we play. It sounds almost like you just described the United Nations of healthcare. Everyone, all these different independent hospitals have their sort of guidelines on the way they want to serve their communities, but they have a shared sort of group think on just the straight mechanics that everybody needs to know. That's a really smart approach. Yeah, it's, 
you know, there's there's been a number of things that have, I think the, you know, the founding fathers of TPC were very smart in that regardless of each hospital size, they all get the same vote, which, you know, on the surface, you might look at that and say, but you have such, you, you do have different sized organizations. Uh, you know, doesn't the larger one feel like he deserves more say than the smaller one? And, you know, that's something over time, it's proven itself to be a very, very smart way to do business because everybody jointly owns whatever decision is made and doesn't defer to the largest one in the room, who, by the way, may have the worst operating metrics. So, you know, size brings you a lot of things, but it doesn't bring you excellence in everything. Um, so, you know, I think it does work in some ways, like that United Nations example. I think one thing that jumps out to me that would be different is, you know, the, the United Nations uh, at least in recent years, has you know come under fire in terms of their ability or effectiveness to bring an unruly partner to the table or to get a sanction to work. Uh, you know the way these organizations work together is is very very tight. There's a lot of commitments they make together that have uh, binding terms and and have economic consequences if they fail to follow through, and they hold each other accountable very very tightly. Um, perhaps more so than what you see in the media related to the United Nations. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the hospitals obviously have a much more clearly defined goal. They all want to achieve the same thing. They just might go about it just slightly differently, but they do all have their eyes all on the same goal. And and expanding on that, having your eyes on a goal, let's talk about looking to the future a little bit. You have a, a, a status as a, a thought leader in the industry. So I'm going to ask you to project your thoughts a little into the future with this sort of constant march forward and with an increasing speed, I might add. What type of challenges do you see for the industry moving forward, but what sort of innovations do you see that really give you a good optimistic sort of viewpoint on what we're going to see in the future? Well, I think I think the pressures are going to be unrelenting. So, you know, remember, we focus on, you know, the medium sized healthcare system in a non metropolitan market that's made a very bold decision to remain independent. Um, You know, they're going to face the same pressures that are uh, sending on on all of the healthcare industry, uh, which are, you know, uncertain revenue models of the future, uh, different types of risk. Um, a totally different business model that may incent you to keep people out of the hospital as opposed to uh, paying you only for when they come in and you treat them. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, everybody around them is consolidating. They're getting stronger. Uh, you know, on a relative basis, these standalone hospitals, if they stand by themselves, uh, have proportionately less leverage in almost every conversation they enter, uh, whether it's an insurance company, a device manufacturer, uh, you know, another hospital that they're trying to do work with. So those pressures are going to be uh, continue to be unrelenting. Um, you know, the industry itself is is facing some pretty significant challenges. Uh, percentage of GDP that's spent on healthcare in relation to life expectancy. I mean, there's going to be a lot of accountability coming to healthcare, and we're all going to have to try and balance those pressures. So I think it's only going to get more intense. I think it's going to get um, uh, just higher and higher pressure on every part of the system, but especially on the ones who have made the bold decision to stand alone. 
um, you know, what that does uh, in, in our world is it puts them in a position to make meaningful commitments together as a system and to learn from each other uh, at a pace and uh, achieve the economic advantages of systemness uh, on a pace that's close to on par as if they had consolidated. Um, one of the things we've noticed and I've seen in our in our CEOs and board and other members over the years is um, the smart, you know, take a classroom example, the smartest kid in the room, no matter how smart he is, is never as smart as everybody else added up working together. So I could be a math genius and I can just buzz through these problems. But if you give me 10 problems and tell me to solve it and everyone else in the room who may have less gifts with math than I have, but they can break apart and work together and tackle those same problems. Even though I'm smarter, they're going to they're going to outperform me. And that's really what you see. And that's the hope that these independent organizations have by working together is is they really do bring together their strengths. that makes them collectively faster, smarter, stronger. It gives them more leverage where they need it uh, and brings parity in their ability to compete in an uncertain market that has all these pressures that are only going to build. Well, I've always been a huge fan of synergy, and it's really interesting to see that concept applied across certain industries as they continue to grow and evolve. And I want to thank you for taking the time today. Today, I've been talking with Jeff Brenner, the president and CEO for TPC. Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey, I look forward to having a chance to talk to you again in the future. Keep fighting the good fight, my friend. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.